And I think here, here's a, you know, a very simple way of putting it down. A person's business is a direct reflection of their internal state. So if their business isn't doing well, it's because somewhere inside of themselves, there's a roadblock or there's a gap. And so people need to understand this. People think it's business is separate. It's not. It's a total reflection of the business owner themselves. Even if you have an executive team, that business is still a reflection of you. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's time for you to increase your influence, grow your business, and scale to freedom. Now, let's enter the lab with your host, Samantha Riley. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Perdeep. It's so awesome to have you joining me here today. Hey, thank you, Samantha. I really appreciate the opportunity of having this conversation with you. I'm really looking forward to this because you're the first person that I've had on the show that specifically works with men. And I interview a lot of people that specifically work with women. And I think that this is a really cool conversation to have. And what I find interesting about it is that we need men and women to hear these conversations to actually make a change. And that just women purely just speaking to women and men purely speaking to just men all of the time. I mean, you know, we have our, our times where we like to have our little private time, but you know, yeah. it's these conversations that are going to have us thinking that, you know, outside of the box and starting to create change. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, that's great. Before we start, what is it that you do specifically, or the outcomes that you get for the clients and obviously you work with men, but the types of men that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So I work with men specifically, men in business. So people that are either executives in a management capacity or business owners and entrepreneurs. And I really help them focus on two components. One is really helping them grow their business, so scale their business from that standpoint, but also scale themselves in terms of be the person that they want to be. So I know a lot of men want to upgrade their skills, they want to grow their business, but it's also helping them be that person, that man that they want to be and feel ultimately good about. And that also trickles in into their relationship and how they are as a father as well. So mm -hmm. it's really helping people internally align themselves so they become exponentially what I call impactful, they get way more results and ultimately become limitless. Absolutely, because by not understanding that business is just one part of our life, we don't achieve the results that we want. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm going to do some health goals this month or and have some relationship goals this month or some wealth goals another month, but they all work together. You know, when we're not mm -hmm. healthy, we can't show up as the leader we're meant to be. When things aren't going well in our marriage like that, bleeds across into our business as well and the whole lot comes together and it's not until they're all married together beautifully and we understand how they work that our business really takes off and our life as well right absolutely and i think here here's a, you know a very simple way of putting it down a person's business is a direct reflection of their internal state so if their business isn't doing well it's because somewhere inside of themselves there's a roadblock or there's a gap and so people need to understand this. People think it's business is separate. It's not. It's a total reflection of the business owner themselves. Even if you have an executive team, that business is still a reflection of you. And so just if you want to grow your business, you've got to grow yourself as well. So there's, a, there's no fine, there's actually a very fine line, but there's no clear cut, hey, this is a business and this is me. Everything overlaps. Totally. I know I've been in business for a really long time, but when I first started my coaching business, I just left the health and wellness industry. So I was extremely fit, extremely healthy and getting my coaching business set up. I spent a lot of time in front of my computer as we do and my health slipped 
And, you know, it didn't feel great because I'd been healthy for so long. And I was saying to myself at that time, I just need to get through this startup phase. I just need to get through this startup phase until one day that it was just like a switch flicked. And I went, hang on a minute, unless I actually pay attention to my health and get it back in order, I'm not going to be able to grow my business or to get this startup phase to move as quickly as possible. And, and it was in that moment that I realized, oh, hang on a minute, I'm actually holding myself back by not paying attention to my health. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between being productive and being busy. That's a trap that a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, and even executives fall into thinking that doing more actually gets you more. That's completely false. So that's actually totally not the way you should be doing it because there's only so much productivity that you can get done in a day. And I'm going to use simple neuroscience with it. Your brain consumes 20% of your calories. And so think about it from that perspective. Your brain is using up energy. So you only have a certain amount of energy every single day. And so there's a point that people just keep pushing their brain, keep pushing themselves that they can no longer actually get that same productivity level, yet they're still doing work. And Mm. so a lot of people end up putting in long hours, but not getting the results that they want ultimately at the end of the day. Absolutely. And that's just so awesome that you've brought that up right out of the gate because I was just talking with someone just minutes before we jumped on a call and we were talking about her life and unpacking, you know, exactly what we're talking about here. And she said, oh, my life would be better when I'm not working 13 hours a day and working weekends. And I was like, oh, let's start there, shall we? (laughs) Because you cannot, there is no way you can be productive for all of those hours. And there's going to be other things into play, whether it's just that you're doing things that don't need to be done, whether it's just that you're so exhausted that you're just wasting a lot of time or whether it's that actually from the mindset side, are you self-sabotaging by working hard so you don't you know, do what needs to be done? So there's so many things to look at there. Mm. But I'd love you to give us some tips. What is, you've just said the difference between busy and productive. Can you break this down even more and how this could be showing up in someone's business? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is if you're working long hours, you really have to take a look at what impact you're actually having. So go for outcomes and impact versus actual daily tasks. And I see that mistake a lot of the times is people have these task list list that they have to really complete. And so that is a complete opposite way of how you want to tackle your day. You want to take a look at what is the biggest outcome that you want to achieve Mm. and focus on that because sometimes you can get that done very easily and sometimes it might take you a little bit longer, but that's where the, that's where the difference is. And it really, this, this impacts not only you, but executive teams and the frontline employees as well. Because one of the biggest things that I find in, if you have employees is a lot of people say, well, my employees aren't getting all their stuff done. It's because you haven't prioritized what's important to them. That's the biggest thing. And so when we take a look at the priorities, we really have to figure out, okay, what is it that we need to get done? Where do we have our biggest impact? And actually delegate the rest. And so one of the biggest excuses that business owners have is, hey, I'm the expert at this. I'm the only one that can really do this. Or I don't have the money to hire someone Mm. or they can't justify it in their minds. And so I can bet you anything because I kind of traveled the world studying the best businesses. I spent some time in Japan. I learned from Nissan, Honda and Toyota, which are the most, you can say, productive companies in the world. They're absolutely phenomenal, absolutely amazing in terms of their, their streamlined processes that they have in operations. And I can tell you that they're... What they do is they've taken all the waste. And so that's an easy way to really take a look and streamline your business and say, what's actually wasteful here? Because 80% of the work that is done in most businesses is non-value add. It's stuff that we think is important, but is not actually important. 
So if it's not adding value to the customer, if it's not bringing you new clients, if it's not getting your clients to buy more, if it's not getting your clients to stay loyal to you, then you or it's not complying with regulations, then you have to take a look as what you're doing actually beneficial. And so doing that 1%, the simplest way to do that is really take a look and improve your own day and improve your business operations by 1% a month. So if it takes you an hour to do something, then maybe just shaving off a few minutes every month will actually get you to that end goal. An hour, so at 1% at every month, that's a big, big change in your business over a course of a year. And actually saves you a lot more money. You actually end up increasing your revenues. It's really interesting because the way that you could say that Nissan and Toyota became so successful was because they got rid of so much waste that their daily operations became so efficient that they can put that extra time and effort and resources and money into innovative things. And that's where most business owners can't focus their time because they're so busy doing what we call keeping the doors open and the lights on. Yes. So forget about the innovation. It's just trying to scramble, just trying to meet daily demand. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the one thing or 1%. I find that a lot of people that I speak to are quite overwhelmed. And I just say, just stop. What is one thing that you can do right now to move the needle just 1% on your business? You know, when people go, I don't know. Just take a breath. You do know. And they always, always, 100% of the time, answer that and generally get it done. Exactly like you're saying straight away. It's, you know, yeah. it's no, normally that just that one thing. And that one thing creates a effect, that stacking effect that it just yes. leads on to what, it, what is the next one thing. It compounds. And it's really interesting because there's a lot of neuroscience studies that have come out now that actually show the impact of multitasking and so how inefficient it is, but it's actually destroying your brain, brain patterns and brain waves. And oh. so that whole concept of people saying, hey, I'm juggling all these things. I come across this all the time where I see a business owner or an entrepreneur that has multiple businesses, but all of them are not growing at the pace that they want. And so this is, you could take a look at this from not only a neuroscience perspective, but also a spiritual perspective as well, because energy is our most important asset. People talk about time being our important asset. It's actually not, it's energy. Mm -hmm. Because you can have a spare hour, but if you don't have the energy to utilize it effectively, that hour goes to waste. And I see a lot of people doing that. The more energy you have, the more productive you can be. Focusing on recharging your energy and taking that downtime is important, but it's even more important because a lot of people, every time you're doing, if, if you're multitasking, if your focus is taken away, your tension is taken away, it actually takes you eight to nine times longer to actually refocus your brain. All of it, It's like if you think of a highway, for example, and, and you're going down this four lane highway and you see all these cars going in one direction. Well, think of that as your brain. Mm-hmm. Think of that as a neurons in your brain. Well, what happens when something all of a sudden comes and sideswipes that traffic to the side or just say there's a cross highway and you're going off in one direction? Well, to get back onto that main highway, you have to take the off ramp and on ramp and get back on. That that's exactly what happens in your brain as well when you're trying to juggle all these things at the same time. And I think that's where people get really diluted. And actually, people have a lot more anxiety and they reduce their impact. And so from a spiritual perspective, if you take a look at this, the only time we actually have energy is in this moment, is in this here and now. So a lot of people are focused on their past. A lot of people are focused on the future. Let's just say, and I'm going to say this because this has been proven by quantum physics, is that there's no such thing as the future. There's no such thing as the past. It's just a continuous moment of now. Mm-hmm. So our, those moments that we have about the future or the past are really just recorded in our brain. And so every time we, we divert our attention to the future or the past, that's actually diverting our energy. And if, and I'm guilty of this too, the average person has 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, 47% of the time, those thoughts are stray thoughts. 
they're often like la la land somewhere. We have no control over them. Uh But if the average person is spending half their time thinking about the future or the past, 50% of that energy is only left for the present moment. And that's the only time that you have impact. You know, I'm hoping I'm making this clear to people because people are so focused on the future and the past that they forget this current moment. And that's where you have the biggest impact. That's where you have the most power. That's where you have the most force to actually impact your future. Thinking about the future is not going to change your future. Actually doing something today at this moment right now is what's going to change your future. And so just clarifying that for people actually helps entrepreneurs because people are busy all the time, helps them reduce their stress. Because if you just focus on what's in front of you, not only will you get that task done, you're going to get it done more effectively. You're actually going to going to be more creative as well and Mm. find more options. And in what well, especially in in the coaching and consulting space, the amount of content that we're creating, and you know, the workshops and social media and all of you know, blog posts, all of what we're doing is is creativity. And when we don't have that there, life can really turn into a grind. But thinking about that future, I remember it, it was a few months ago. My husband was worried about something that was happening at his job, and I just said to him, like. If you worry about it, is it actually going to change the outcome? Which was totally out of his control anyway. And it's like, well, it can't. I said, well, why bother? Why bother giving your energy away to people that have absolutely no idea that, that you're doing that and you can't do anything about it? Just let it go. Be here for the people that you need to be here for. And exactly what you're saying, just focus on the now because you're giving your energy away for nothing. Exactly. And that energy, and actually, uh, it impacts you on a chemical basis in your body because those brain waves are actually impacting your cells. And so what ends up happening is if we think about it, those negative thoughts or those challenging thoughts that we have sometimes, there's a direct impact on our molecular system internally. And so that stops us from being more creative. That actually takes energy away from us. And so it's like putting a roadblock up when we don't need to. The best thing that I know it's tough to do, it's easy to say, but the best thing a person can do is actually not worry about the future and actually think about solutions. Because that's when you stay positive and you, and you create that, if you stay at that creative, creativity level, then you're able to come up with options to overcome those challenges that you're thinking about. But yeah. if you work, you're automatically putting up a roadblock. Totally. So I'm going to play devil's advocate right now. There's probably someone out there that's saying, well, this is really great, guys, but I've just lost a client. I can't meet my mortgage payments this month. I have got so much to do and I can't afford to hire anyone. What are, what is some tips that you can give that person that's listening that can help them move from that place to a place where they really are in the now and are moving forward so that they can sort those issues out? Yeah, the first thing is to understand that worrying doesn't change anything, like you said. Mm -hmm. It really does not. And so when people really understand that, they're like, yeah, you know what? You're absolutely correct. Worrying does not change the outcome, not in any way. But here's something that's even more important, and it's one of the systems that I've created to really help people. And it's the the reason what what happens with people is they have self-defeating stories. So they have, there's only two types of stories that you can create in your mind. And your brain actually does this on a continuous basis. We're a story-driven species, basically, and that's how our brain is designed. And so you, ha- you have the opportunity to create an empowering story or a disempowering story because here's the reality. The facts don't change, but your stories can. And that's a big change. I'll just give an example. When I left the corporate, I was a corporate executive, very successful. I walked into one day and I just quit because I was wow. totally Yeah, it was a big, it was a big, people looked at me like, are you okay? Did something happen? My parents were like, did you fall? Did you hurt your head? Like they literally (laughs) 
had all of these weird thoughts. Did you get fired? What's going yeah. on? Like there's this big conspiracy theory. Like why did, what happened to Pradeep? And so shortly after that, what ended up happening was I was, I was this high flying executive, this hot shop. And I went next, I went to no, like zero. It was like starting off from scratch again. And uh-huh. I would look at people like Gary Vee or Grant Cardone that had these big presences. And I would say, wow, what am I going to do here? Like I have zero on these guys. These guys are way above me. They have this many followers or, you know, making X amount of money. They're on, on so many speaking stages. Here's what happened. I was like, pretty, I know this stuff. What am I doing? I'm telling myself disempowering stories. And so what I did was automatically change my story. And I changed my story to one that was more empowering. For example, I am the best at what I do. I know guys need my help and I'm the best person to serve them. So just by changing the stories changed how my brain patterns actually work. And this is actually proven. Your emotional states actually impact your brain waves and your creativity levels. So nothing changed. The facts were the exact same. I was still the same person with the exact same skills, but I acted differently. I made different decisions and I was better at taking action. Here's really, if you take a look at how success works, if you think about it from a pyramid perspective, the bottom layer is self-mastery. And that's what I teach men in business is self-mastery. And we can get into that if you like, but from the self-mastery, you create stories. That's the next layer up. And those stories then determine your decisions and your decisions then determine your actions and how effective your actions are. Life and business is simply a series of decisions and actions. That's all it is. You come up with a fork in the road a number of times and you constantly make decisions and you constantly take action. The more effective you are at making decisions and taking action, the more likely you're going to reach your outcomes faster and easier. That's what you're looking to achieve. That's what everybody's looking to achieve. But in order to do that, you have to have better stories because your stories determine the decisions that you make. Absolutely. As soon as you said it, I was like, of course, I'd never really broken it down. That it is just like decisions, actions. That's all it is. But it's our mental state. It's the things that are happening in our life that alters those decisions ultimately, which means that we take actions that aren't serving us. At the point that you were starting back at nothing and you changed this story yourself, did you have a specific practice that you put in place to change that story? Because it can be, it can be a challenge to change something that's that hardwired in us. Yeah, the story itself, it's not hard to change a story. It's hard to keep the story. Mm-hmm. And so here's what happens with the story. And that's why I've created this system that I have is you have to be aligned internally and you have to be aligned in three different areas. You have to be aligned in your thought patterns. Mm-hmm. You have to be aligned in your emotions and you have to be aligned in your energy or your state of energy. Here's a challenge. Most people are not aligned in at least one of those areas or more. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is if you're not aligned, your stories are not going to align. Because a lot of people think, hey, look, I'm going to be successful or I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the next. I'm just going to say Gary Vee. Uh-huh. But their, emotion, their emotional state isn't there. And so what ends up happening is they don't believe their stories. And so it's self-defeating because you, in order for you to actually believe in your stories and actually act on those stories, you have to be aligned in those three areas. Your thoughts have to be aligned with your emotions and your emotions have to be aligned with your energy. And so that is important. And so I'll give you a prime example. Our identity is, is one of the core components of thought because our brain is an organ, just like any other organ in our body, and it has a specific purpose. And one of the purposes of our brain is to remain consistent with the self-concept. And the self-concept is basically who you think you are. So most people have been, have been raised or they grow up and they even in the adult stage, if I ask a group of men, this without a shadow of a doubt, if 100 men are in my workshop and I ask them, 95% of the men, if I ask them, okay, who are you? What's your identity? Only five of them will put up their hand. 
because they don't know what their identity is. They can tell you, well, I'm, you know, I have this business or I'm a father. But when you ask them specifically who they are from an identity perspective, they can't tell you. And what does that mean? That means that if you don't create your own identity, people will create it for you. Society will create it for you. Your job will create it for you. And the reason why this is so important is because your brain remains consistent with your identity. It will not make decisions that are not aligned with your identity. So if you don't know what your identity is, I'll just give you a prime example myself. I had to recreate my identity, say I'm a visionary, I'm a leader, I'm a driver. I'm a visionary because I see possibility. I'm a leader because I bring people together for a common purpose. And I'm a driver because I get results. Every single thing that I did from a decision standpoint, I would tell, ask myself, what is my identity? And based on my identity, what would this person do? What decision would this person make? That's how you remain consistent. Because what happens is you create those daily habits that then reinforce your identity. So it's like a cyclical pattern. Once you create the stories and you start living out the actions of your stories, those stories become permanent. And that's why people can't stick with their stories. That's why people can't get fit, for example, is because they don't, they don't create the daily habits that support their stories. And then they tell themselves, well, I'm just a person that doesn't stick, stick to anything. I'm a person that just quits. And they, they tell themselves that subconsciously. And so they need to take control of that and actually tell themselves the stories and then build the habits to actually reinforce those stories. So how do you see this playing out specifically with men? I I believe that this is definitely across the board, but I'm really keen to hear, you know, your side with specifically how is this playing out in men who are in a leadership position in their business? by not understanding or knowing their identity. Yeah, well, here's a, here's a big one. I see a lot of guys that are lost and what ends up happening is it is such a self-defeating story. Uh, subconsciously, here with, here's what happens is a lot of guys know that they're challenged. A lot of guys know that they're struggling and even suffering, but they'll tell themselves a story that, hey, look, I'm a guy. That's what guys are supposed to do. That's part of being a guy is struggling, is suffering, is sacrificing. Well, that's great, but there's a certain point. There's a certain break point that you cannot, there's only so much you can sacrifice. There's only so much you can suffer. There's almost so, only so much you can struggle. And then it's time to ask for help. And so a lot of guys don't know when to ask for help because they've told themselves that story because society's telling guys that story, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that story becomes self-defeating. So what ends up happening is they're struggling and then they tell themselves, maybe I'm not good enough. Or they tell themselves, maybe I don't have the skills. And then they start comparing themselves to other guys out there and say, well, why does that guy have the lifestyle he wants? And I'm working this hard and I don't think he's any smarter than I am, but why am I not getting the results that I want? And all these self-defeating stories start coming into play and that's what ends up happening. And so helping guys understand what it means to be a guy. Being a guy is, yes, you need to be tough, you need to be strong, but you also need to acknowledge when it's time to ask for help. Because it's, there's a saying that my grandfather told me, and my grandfather was in the British Indian Army, and he said, you know what, there is no pride in suffering. There's a big difference between pride and ego, and there's no pride in suffering. How awesome are grandparents? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've learned so much from my grandparents. Wise people, wise people. Yes. <laughs> so I just want to touch back on something that you spoke about then in that you were saying that, you know, I'm as smart as that person. That was, that was one of the things that you said. I'm as, as smart as that person. Why isn't it working for me? A lot of people that I find that are in the expert space that are, you know, they've been in their, in their working their expertise for 30, sometimes 40, 50 years. And in actual fact, when they come to me and they're like, why is that 
20-year-old okay to stand up and, and own their expertise and, you know, they're confident and they're telling everyone they know that they know what they're doing. Not only am I as smart as them, but I am so much smarter than them. The story they're telling themselves is I'm still not good enough. Mm-hmm. Do you come across that often? Absolutely. I was in that position myself as well because I was an expert in my field. I consider, but there's times when I, even right now, I, I double, you know, it's very r- rare that it happens now, but there's times where I actually sit back and say, okay, is something like, am I just not picking up on something? Is that person have that much better expertise? So it's a natural thing. I think that comes back to not having your identity aligned as well as your beliefs as well. Like there's a system behind it. And so once you align that, there's the reason why people feel that it's, first of all, it's natural to feel that. That's mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. of being human. Yeah, so totally. I think, we need, to under, I think we need to understand that. That's okay. But here's what's important. It's called refractory time. How long does it take you to get back into that empowering state? Because some people will wallow in it mm. and say, well, and that's the problem. Yeah. But if you feel that, and this is a big component of mindfulness, for example, is it's okay to feel a certain emotion or have a certain thought, but you need to let that drift through your mind and get back onto the horse And so that is more important than actually having that thought. It's, okay, how long does it take you to get back on? And the reason why a lot of people can't get back on is because they haven't aligned themselves in their thoughts, emotions, and energy. Yeah. How often can people work through like on their own compared to needing to bring people in to help them? You know, in your journey personally, how much of that have you needed other people to help you shine a light on different areas and how much can you just work through that yourself? Well, this is interesting because I've been, I've been studying this. I've been a student of this for two decades. So a lot of it was based on teachings that I learned over the years from other individuals throughout the years. And so it is absolutely important, I would say, to seek out individuals that have expertise because it really, what it does is it shortens your time to actually learn and shortens your time to grow. So yes, what, what it took me two decades to do, because I studied this inside and out and brought the systems together, someone could probably learn within a couple of years with the right training. Well, you know, we do need to have that, uh, you, you mentioned it before, that self-mastery to be able to pay attention and be responsible for our thoughts, for our decisions, for our actions. But I also believe that we do need that outside help to shed light on what is playing in our, um, you know, our subconscious that we don't even realize is there. And I think that I personally believe that it's a tiptoe between the two. Yes, because we're caught in our own story, right? Daily actions, we're telling ourselves a story and we are the main character in our own story. Just think of it from this perspective. If it's a movie playing, we're actually inside the movie. We're inside the television box itself. And so having someone externally actually watch and see all the parts play and come together is actually very critical and very vital because they have a different perspective. And different perspectives are critical to being successful and being happy and being joyful in life because we can't see everything that we want to see. There's no possible way, virtually impossible. And everything that we do see is through our own lens. And so there's thousands and millions of different lenses out there. And so we have to understand that someone, that's why two people can be in the exact same situation. One will flourish and the other one will be stuck for years. Totally. So self-mastery, this is actually one of my favorite topics. You can see I've got that sign right behind me, mastery, because I'm a big, a big believer in it. I'd love you to give us your take on how does mastery or self-mastery play out in a business owner by really 
taking control of their self-mastery. Yeah. Well, again, as I mentioned before, everything that happens in business is a direct result of what's inside a person. So if that person has not mastered themselves, they're not making, if they're not telling themselves effective stories and then making decisions and actions. So there is a direct impact. It is almost like a projection of your internal state that's actually projecting onto your business. People have to understand that. And that's why when you have that internal level of self-mastery, you actually are able to come up with options. I see this a lot where business owners say, I just don't know what to do. Mm. I don't know what the options are. It's because they haven't mastered their internal state to come up with the options. Mm -hmm. Because when you are able to get that, it's the best way to explain it is this. I'm sure every single person that's listening to this has felt this in some way, shape or form, where they've been in a state in their life, a time in their life where they felt like they are on top of the world. Like they were like, bring it on. I could just take it. I could take whatever you're giving me because I know I can do this. But how often do we have those moments? Very few, very seldom for most people. But it's possible to get into those states more often than not. And those are the states that actually help you grow your business. That's how you grow your business is as you put yourself into those states more often. And then you teach other people to get into those states more often because business is run by people. And people are run by their brains for the most part. And so interestingly enough, this is one of the things that I I show people is that most people, 50% of the time, this has been proven by statistics and research, are running on autopilot. Their decisions are made subconsciously and they're just going through the motions. And then people wonder why their business is not growing. And so self-mastery, a big part of that is being self-aware and acknowledging, hey, look, who's in control here at this point in time? Is that a habit that was created by my brain or is it something that I need to consciously take control of? And that's when people have those aha moments and say, wow, okay, I've been doing it this way. I need to change that. People need to be responsible for what it is that their output is. Yes. Well, the biggest thing here, and this, this took me a while because I'm a little, I was a little bit thick, but when you take a hundred, <laughs> I'm <yeah>. sure not. <laughs> <laughs> when you take a hundred percent responsibility and accountability for your life and your business results, everything changes because yeah. even if when you take 99.9% accountability, there's still that point one that you can put on someone else or something else. And you've lost your power there. Yes. You've lost your power. If you don't take 100% accountability, you lost it. Because anytime you blame something else and you've made that excuse, you've just disempowered yourself to say, hmm, what are the options that I need to really figure out in order for me to be successful? Because you can pawn it off and just say, well, that happened to me. That's a completely different scenario than saying, I made this happen and I can change it by doing something different. Absolutely. And if I look at the people that are successful in business and life and, you know, success is whatever it means to us for someone that says, oh, you know, it's not all about the money, whatever success means to us, they always take, they're people that take 100% responsibility for the decisions or whatever's happening in their life. And the people, those people, they just don't blame it's not, oh, you know, that happened because so-and-so didn't. It's not, it's ne- that never, it, like it never leaves their lips, that, that, that comment. Yeah, exactly. And so for people that are able to take control, I've seen a dramatic shift in, in people that when they, when they take this on, it's almost like a light switch just turns on and they just, they feel more empowered. Because you, when you feel like you have your, your, hand, your destiny in your hands, your life in your hands, then you can actually do something about it. It's yours to create. It's yours to mold. So I've seen transformational changes just by people taking that one thing and actually moving forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Because like going back to what you said earlier, you're not giving any energy away. You've got 100% responsibility for your energy and how you're dealing with it. Exactly. Love it. I want to go back to this busy versus productive. We've talked about all of this, you know, blame and responsibility. Just to tie these pieces together, when you're in a busy state, at what point do you need to step back and actually stop everything? And at what point do you just need to work in a different way? And Mm -hmm. I know that this is a really loaded question because how long is a piece of string? But how do we know that it's right to actually just stop and take some time out? Well, there's there's two things to take a look at. The first thing, well, actually, there's three. The first thing that I, that I say to people, um, and both in business and personal life, is to do things in sprints. Mm-hmm. So business sprints and personal life sprints. So I'll give you an example from a personal standpoint. I am I fitness is a big part of my life, and so Monday to Friday I eat very healthy, like mm-hmm. extremely healthy. And then the weekends I just bench. I just eat whatever I want. The kids give me cookies and chocolate and whatever it is, like whatever I can get my hand on, I eat. So that is my sprint. <laughs> So I know that I'm not going to burn myself out. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm just, I'm having these crazy cravings because I know when I'm actually going to be able to recharge because I have that set. And so the most important, there's two things to watch out for. And these are the signs. The first one is your emotional state. Keep track of your emotional state. Here's what's important. A lot of people build their life backwards because they're aiming towards the lifestyle and the goal. When someone comes to me and says, hey, look, I want to grow my business. The first question I ask them is what do you want to feel when you've reached that goal? Because if we've spent six months getting you to that goal and you're making X amount of money, but you're not feeling what you want it to feel, then all of that was a waste. 100%. So figure out the emotions because that's how we live. The quality of our life is based on our emotional states. And that is very important. We, people have forgotten that these days because the success is not what makes us happy. It's the feeling that we get that comes along with the success. Focus on feelings because there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of studies when I was at Stanford that they were being done on the emotional states of people when they make decisions and when they take action and the effectiveness of their decisions and actions. And the more emotions you put in, the more positive emotions you put into your decisions, the more outcomes you actually get. So you will know when you're not feeling aligned with your emotions. Mm. So let's just say your core, I encourage everybody to do this. What are the top three to five emotions you want to feel on a daily basis? whether that's joy, that's happiness, whatever it is, love. And you will know because when you've overworked yourself, you are not feeling those emotions. Mm. You will not feel those emotions. And so that is one of the things to take a look out for and your energy levels. Because if you're low on energy, physically low on energy, mentally low on energy, your body will actually tell you as well because you might start to get sick or you might not have the desire to eat or you might be eating too much. And so all of these things impact your energy levels. If you see yourself withdrawing from relationships, for example, or social settings, or not doing the things that you love doing, those are signs as well. So I tell people, if you're in the emotional state that you want, and you're feeling those emotions, and you're high in energy, keep going. But if you're not, then it's time to actually pull back. So what I'm actually hearing is that it's not just about pulling back and taking a rest, which a lot of people do and then they rest and rest and rest. It's about pulling back, taking time out and figuring out what has taken you out of alignment so you can get back to where you want to go again. 
Exactly. And it's important. We have to understand, as I mentioned before, the most important resource that we have is energy. Because once you've hit a stage of burnout, I've seen this, I've seen people actually have heart attacks and strokes. It is that much harder to come back to that level. And a lot of people don't even get back to that level because they've hurt themselves physically. And so making sure that you have that energy is so critical. It is so critical. And actually going back and sorry, the whole point there was recharging. Think of yourself as a battery. The output, just like a battery that actually has some output, that battery has to be recharged as well at some point. It can only give out so much output before it has to be recharged. The mm. human body, the humans, the soul, that you have, it's the same thing. You have to recharge it. So do things that you love doing that actually give you energy so you can actually expel that energy in the work that you do. Love that. And then that comes beautifully right back to what we very first talked about. We need to pay attention to our relationships, our wealth, our health, all of the other things that happen in our lives so that we can show up as the best business person and leader that we can possibly be. Yep, absolutely. Because it all, it all plays together. It's an ecosystem. And so you cannot not focus on any one of those areas because they have a direct relation to everything else. Love that. So for people that have listened to this episode and would like to stay connected with you or have a look at what else it is that you do, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can check out my website at pradeepsanga.com or sorry, www.pradeepsanga.com. I also have a podcast myself for men. It's called the Male Entrepreneur Podcast. You can check that out at malepodcast.com or you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook at Sanga. And of course, as always, all of those links will be in the show notes. So you can just head to that page, click on the links to follow Pradeep and hear more on what he has to say. Thanks so much for joining me today in the Business Lab. It's been awesome to chat with all of these or chat through these topics with you. It's the kinds of things that I love to nerd out on. So it's been fantastic. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you for the opportunity. Discover how to grow and scale your thought leader's business. Check out samanthariley.global. Head over to Facebook and join a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community.